0: welcome to vaguely music i am kelsey jacobson
1: and i'm ryan strumpler
0: and with us we have the magnificent brian Vieira. hi who is one of our teachers here at double bar music and she is a vocalist and a violinist and an all-around um wonderful musician and wonderful person Mm -hmm. and um we're (laughs) excited she she has some wonderful topics that she has actually brought up to us and we thought it would make for a very interesting podcast something that we haven't really talked about much um so before we dive into that though can you tell us a little bit about yourself brie your history Mm -hmm. and and how you started in music and
2: um uh i started playing violin when i was eight uh then I started getting into singing in middle school, really and truly. Yeah, that um, makes sense. Yeah, middle school, and then really in high school, and went off to college. Yay, fun. Uh, my Where'd biggest. Uh, I went to Hofstra for a couple of years, and then I came back to UMass Dartmouth. Oh, world class within reach. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. Also, super expensive. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yep. Well, we just had someone coming through today who was talking about how they just did their first year in New York. And they were like, "Oh my God, I loved it. It was amazing." I'm broke.
2: Um, <laughs> yes, same.
0: Yes, yeah. yeah. My life, yep.
2: absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I survived two years, though. Wow. Yeah, that's what
0: <laughs> I think. That's what he's shooting for right now. If I caught that correctly. But um, okay, so you, so you Hofstra, and then UMass, and mm-hmm. you went for voice. Uh,
2: yes. Uh, well. When I was at Hofstra, I was a music education major. Um, I started out both with violin and voice equally. Oh, okay. okay. I did both I auditions into both, like, that program, et cetera. Um, but after I got to my um, observations, yeah, you know, and watching the classrooms with the kids, and I went, mm, I don't know about this. Yeah. I don't know if this is me or not. So yeah. then when I came back to UMass Dartmouth, I... Um, I decided to just be a performance major, and I focused on my voice because they didn't have an orchestra. That's Uh, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know. uh, Yeah. So, um, but I did all of the singing all the time, actually, in part with uh, your mom, Marcel Gavin. Yeah. Um. Who you know was was, just on the podcast. Yeah, Yeah, last week or this week, rather. Yeah. (laughs)
0: One of these weeks. One of these. I think we <laughs> had her. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you is technically, our Mother's Day edition, if ah. we could qualify. Your, yeah.
1: Mother's Day edition. Well, the vaguely music
0: <laughs> Mother's yeah. Day edition. So um,
2: yeah, yes. And then you are currently a performer. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I teach. I perform. Um, I'm in a band called Hemlock out of Providence, which we do weird progressive rock. That's a little on the dramatic side because, well, I'm a theater nerd. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) At my core. Give Uh, me an outlet. Yes. I love the stage and it's been one of those things. Just ask my parents. I've been one of those kids all of my life. Mm -hmm. You know.
1: You also do a fair amount of sitting in with other local bands. Like We have played with you with your brother. I saw you just played with the poor men.
2: Mm -hmm. With the poor men. That was super fun this past weekend. Yay. Yeah yeah that's awesome <laughs> uh sometimes uh, actually once or twice with Jay kelly and oh John yes yeah mm-hmm. yeah 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 quite a few people yeah and uh, on top of that of course uh for those who don't know i do karaoke and i yes. dj like She's weddings very and things very like that. good dj <laughs> very good
0: dj i've seen her out numerous times and she also was a wonderful person and volunteered her enthusiastic self to uh play music at my wedding which was nice
1: yeah and for our students Um, you set up the karaoke for for the winter of of rock. Yeah, or summer of rock. Summer of rock, yeah. Yeah. It was awesome.
2: It was so fun. I mean, especially with the kids, like all the guys sat around the TV with you and all the girls wanted to come and do karaoke. Oh yes. So while they were wailing you guys were well, kind of flailing. Well, uh, yeah, I must admit. I mean, like, there was part of my yeah, part smashing. of my
1: responsibility is that I'm a teacher full time. You know, like I teach people guitar, I teach people music. I also got to son them. I got to teach them how to play their Smash. Place? Like, yeah, <laughs> no, they went to school. Yeah, they. Oh, they went to school. They went to you school. You schooled them. Yeah. Ryan. Oh, yeah. Ring the bell because you just got schooled.
2: Oh. Ryan gonna learn you some Smash. <laughs> you gonna brothers. learn today.
0: You gonna learn today. <laughs> Oh,
2: oh my awesome.
0: god. That's oh, great. Man. No, and and you're in Hemlock and Hemlock has how uh how many albums?
2: Um we just put out our third. The vinyl will be coming out shortly Ooh. through uh Ooh. Oh my god. <laughs> you know, <no. laughs> I can't forget I can't remember. Right well now. just in
1: that one in I doubt. So bad. When you say who's vinyl coming out, just say Tom. Yeah, we've got we've just got like a vinyl <laughs>
2: coming out soon and uh but yeah. Um, just four of us, and we've been at it as our little quartet for about five years now. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, me and guitarist John McGrath have been working together for over 12 years now.
0: That's a long musical relationship. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep.
2: He's one of my dear friends, and uh, we've seen each other through a lot. We went to Europe together with the last incarnation of our band. Was... right that was
0: not long after
2: double bar opened yes right Oof. yeah you heard that story that was an experience <laughs> can,
0: so out of curiosity can you talk about that because i would love to hear a little bit about that yeah because people will that we that listen and and especially up and coming students you know you've got that that like oh my god i just want a tour yeah <laughs> but then you see the you you know you go through it and it's a different experience <laughs>
2: Well, considering I have a lot of other friends who do small tours and touring, yeah. uh, a lot of um, New Hampshire, Maine, Boston-based bands, and then our experience, um, I will just give a summary of start small. Yeah. Start local. Start with you live in Massachusetts. Maybe go to New Hampshire. Maybe go to Rhode Island and or Connecticut. Go within driving distance in a day.
0: yeah, Yeah.
2: All right? and maybe go take a weekend and do like three gigs in a weekend and Mm -hmm. then come home. Mm -hmm. You know, because you don't wanna be in Europe, in Paris on a rainy evening and find out that the band who was supposed to hook you up or had supposedly hooked you up with two or three gigs and a place to stay all of a sudden backed out on their uh their offer while you're already there right yeah which i mean these are like this (laughs) is
0: a lot of the chances sometimes you take if you're if you're doing multi-band lineups and things like that is this i mean there's no guarantee in any career but yeah it's
1: awful but not uncommon
2: yeah exactly but it's one thing if you're a couple hours away from home or across an ocean right Mm -hmm. Yes. yes yeah so especially
1: when you're you're budgeting a certain amount of of income from from performance, this absolutely is like, yep. that you you in, you are investing that money from performance into travel, into food, into lodging.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. wow, Oof. quite the experience. Yeah. <laughs> it was fun, and you know, thanks to Hurricane. Uh, Sandy, was it? Hurricane Sandy, the one that um, maybe back then it was right before Halloween of 2012. Yeah. It essentially drowned the subway system in New York City, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, we couldn't fly in on our flight from, well, Amsterdam, yeah, it was from Amsterdam, London into. New York. We couldn't fly in. So we were stranded in Amsterdam for a couple of days and had to put out even more expenses after that. You know, yeah, Yeah. that was fun. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, it was all valuable experience. And, you know, I still got to go back to Paris, which I hadn't been there since I was 17. Right. And then I got to see Western Germany, Dusseldorf, Cologne, and experience a culture there which was awesome that like because awesome. we had a lot of time on our hands yeah. yeah we had a lot of time on our hands after that little bit of tragedy but um yeah, yeah. and amsterdam what a hip city i want to go back
1: that is yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm actually going back there in about a month's time to go visit my brother
2: that's awesome yeah
1: you can't see it but we just pounded it yeah
2: we pounded <laughs> it yeah yeah, yeah, yeah pod, it's a it's, silent podcast it's found. a
1: beautiful city and it makes sense paris Amsterdam, that that section of Europe makes sense because it's very, you're, for those of you who don't know Brie, you're getting a great, great taste. You're a very open person. You are who you are. It's very easy that, like, my first interactions with Brie have been my 120th interactions with you have mm-hmm. been very consistent, yeah. and those cities are very accommodating to that style of art, to that style of open, to that, you might, you find it pretty well in the Northeast, but across the country starts to differ. Yeah, you know? Yeah. So it makes sense to, that, that, paris amsterdam all those places are very very friendly to the type of that type of culture that type of life absolutely so we know you have not to (coughs) you know enough with the chit chat dive right in we know you have something special for this podcast
2: and today's subject is soundtracks Yes.
1: the drum roll comes before yeah yeah yeah. i kind of (laughs) i thought that was just some migos some modern rap
0: round (laughs) tracks
2: so anti-climactic sorry guys (laughs) no
0: No, but i think that's that's huge in today when people are very into movies and video i mean everything that's 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 Mm -hmm. built around this soundtrack thumbprint of the the song the song the sound hits and then you, before you even see anything, you know what's coming. You know
2: what I mean? Yep. That's essentially that. Absolutely, it's theater. Um,
0: yeah, all of that,
2: all of the nerds. Yep, all of all of them. <laughs> I'm motioning like making an umbrella over my head, just nerd. embracing
0: all of us in nerddom. <laughs> yes,
2: yeah. So, do you have a
0: favorite soundtrack? Oof. Not to start off really strong or anything, and really ask you to commit on that. And
1: why um, is it? the venga boys christmas album <laughs> why, yeah. is that, why is that your favorite if you had That's to pick been
2: a topic of the day by the way for those of you listening that the venga boys have been a highlight of they,
1: they've infiltrated Double this Bar. particular
2: wednesday <coughs> but um it is the soundtrack for six flags though you go to six flags and you hear the venga bus is coming all day long there you go soundtrack yeah. To Six wow. Flags and yeah. Venga wow. was, I can't
0: man. wait to go back next time and really, really take that in. <laughs>
2: you always have somebody dressed up as, you know, the bald guy with the glasses, you know. I don't know whatever his name is. And then they do the show and with Bugs Bunny and the people dressed wow. up in the costumes. Yeah. They you dance have spent around. a lot of time at Six Flags. Oh, yeah. You to get season passes and just, <gasps> you know, ride Superman <laughs> all day long. I
0: always wanted to do that. <laughs> I always wanted season passes, and then when I, I – I never pulled the trigger.
1: You know, up. if you want the season pass, you could just get Spotify, and you'd get that same amount of Venga Boys for nine ninety nine. This is not a paid advertisement. This is not a paid advertisement. <laughs> <laughs> Double Bar is not sp- – Badeley Music is not sponsored by Spotify. So sorry or, for the Venga Boys. <laughs> no, yeah, or the Vengaboys. No, that's totally Venga- all right. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, what is your all-time favorite soundtrack?
2: Oh, God. Honestly, I don't know if I could – pin one down, maybe within genres or by particular composers. Like for instance, John Williams. Mm. Love him. He's got a lot of amazing soundtracks and obviously my sentimental favorite would be Star Wars. But ultimately musically, I have to go with Memoirs of a Geisha.
0: Oh, okay, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Because we get double duty. We get a double treat with that one. Both Itzhak Perlman, world-class, like the ultimate violinist of our times, and Yo-Yo Ma yeah. on cello. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, I'll show an example after when we're talking about musical textures, but that's a personal favorite. Also, I'm obsessed with East Asian, particularly Japanese culture, uh, the language. um, And uh, for those of you listening uh, who don't know, um, I'm going to Japan in August. I'm so excited for two weeks with one of my former students who done graduated high school and is all excited to go on her first trip. Oh, that's amazing. I just remember when she was a peanut. I know. So that's amazing.
0: And you knew her before I knew her. So that's She was a wee bab. (laughs)
2: Yes.
0: So that's exciting. Yeah. So then do you have soundtracking? Because... I know you're really, you're very much into anime and mm. all of that. Like, how different is that composition and that music development compared to some of the stuff that we know? Like, the American, like, we are all like, oh,
2: well, Star Wars, Harry Potter. Right? Movie. Right? Well, okay. So, for instance, a lot of our Western stuff is more rooted in classical music than, say, um anime, um, whether feature-length films or, um, excuse me, um, anime series or whatever. Uh, although you listen, okay, Final Fantasy and video games right. from Japan, Square Enix, especially Final Fantasy, Kingdom Hearts, etc., etc. et, cetera, et cetera. No, Nobuo Uematsu, um, uh, Yoko Shimomura, two very classically based Japanese composers. Okay. Um, if you listen to i'll bring it up in a in a little bit i'll hail back to them but um you you will hear the influence for instance of um nobuo uematsu's uh, one-winged angel from final fantasy seven the epic character sephiroth um and i'm gonna bring up my playlist here oh, there we go oh, Found oh, it. awesome and we're back sorry <laughs> anyway but eventually you have this chorus come in like epically yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, give me one sec I I don't know how far in. I should have noted that come on Mm please you should have done your podcast research Mm. alright but it's very anyway so that's Sephiroth's theme, One-Winged Angel. And um, one piece that it really reminds me of is Igor Stravinsky's Rite of Spring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> and guess what? I have it queued already. I'm waiting for... Come on. Right here. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. All right, but anyway, so you get that like texture, that that urgency through the dun 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 dun. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like heavy hitting. That heavy march, yeah. Yep, lots of low brass yep. and squealy strings giving you that almost like psycho, like wee, wee, mm-hmm. wee yep. kind yep. of feel Absolutely. but lots of tumbly texture. Anyway. So you know, it's those types of things uh, give you a sense of anxiety, yeah. essentially. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh my God, this is the big bad guy. I'm gonna die. You know.
0: <laughs> so okay. So for anyone who doesn't know, I got married last year, and I walked down the aisle to the uh, the Shire essentially theme song, the Hobbit theme song, yeah. concerning hobbits. Yeah, concerning hobbits, and um. I love that, and there's a lot of music that I deeply love that comes out of the that whole series. But I have realized in this process of deciding which, which soundtracks I tend to take to and gravitate towards in movies um, that I do not love the bulk of The Lord of the Rings um, high-stress scene soundtracking mm-hmm. because it's so heavy and like um almost overly heavy like the percussions too and i find it too intense and i also find that it's a a little bit too like heavy electronic synth sounding they rely too much on that sound um versus something that creates what you just played which has that that level of anxiety and intensity but um there's more motion to it it's not such a heavy stuck drone of a low end and I feel like in a lot of um modern films I'm not a video game person so I can't speak mm-hmm. to video games whatsoever but um a lot of modern modern films it's you get you get this heavy heavy synth drone that just that becomes the replacement for stress yeah. in a movie
2: right the the whole I hate to say this but the whole Hans Zimmer like I just I'm going to play the all the low octaves and just hold like a mash yes. of the low end of keyboard and just yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what other what other video games uh, <coughs> soundtracks did you really like?
2: Hmm. Well, Zelda's a huge favorite for me.
1: Yeah. So it's interesting you say that because um, I've recently been binging um, Breath of the Wild with my roommate. Yes. Shouts out to Colin no more for staying up 11 straight hours and playing for me. I really appreciate all the progress you've made um, is that that game has like the soundtrack is like no soundtrack like a lot of the scenes are just like are just ambient you have like you you hear the grass or you hear then then you hear this little sprinkle of a piano to indicate nighttime you like the game itself um fleshes things out with a lack of, of music and that in itself gives it an open world you feel like you're really exploring a whole world because you know, when we're, if you're going out to the woods or something, you're not going to hear music all the time. Like, oh, I, I just...
0: actually have a soundtrack wherever I go. <laughs> Is it the,
1: if it's not the Benga boys <laughs> Hanukkah <laughs> uh, edition, then I don't, I don't want to hear Hanukkah. it. Hanukkah. Um, Amazing. So, so. But then, like, you shift that in comparison to something like um, The Wind Waker, Ocarina of Time, oh, yeah. Twilight Princess. Even, like, Twilight Princess is very dark. Like, mm-hmm. you you get uh, a drastic shift. Those games tend to have significantly more music in general themes. Like, what I've noticed playing Breath of the Wild is it doesn't have – it has, like, this sprinkle of, like, ambient piano or something. But there's a lot of themes in other games, like, very strong ones, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, all right. So, Zelda.
2: I'm trying to think. Just most JRPGs that I've ever played, um, mostly the Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts series, but there's always, you know, some kind of theme of the world that you're in. Um, and then there's, there's battle music. There are particular character themes. Um, I'm trying to think. Do you have, uh, not to
0: detract you from, mm. but maybe to aid in that, was there a defining... Um, soundtrack that got you into soundtracks sound like was there something that you were like oh I love this and that was the moment where you're like oh I start listening to this more and more
2: no I I can't put a finger on that because I've been listening to classical music all of my life right and um I started out at three years old doing ballet yep so things like the Nutcracker which is instrumental music and the imagery is through dance on stage. Well, and even the music is the, themed by character. Yes, exactly. So, um, you know, just listening to the music, you get these images that are called to mind. And then when you actually go see the ballet, it's choreographed to emulate yep. that vibe, that feeling, those the, the images of, yep. you know, the Nutcracker and the, you know, the Clara and... You know, all the different characters that come along in that ballet, for instance. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I don't know. Uh, I've been watching a lot of movies and had to play. Like, I played one theme I played a long, long time ago in high school was um, Schindler's List. Oh, Mm -hmm. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a heavy movie. I saw that, like, at 14 years old, I think.
1: That'll mess you up. For the first time. That'll mess you up.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, But the theme is so beautifully haunting and sad. And uh, once again, Itzhak Perlman, because, you know, him and John Williams are like BFFs. And, uh, you know, whenever John Williams needs a violinist, he's like, yo, Itzhak, what's up? (laughs) You know, that's essentially it. I'm pretty sure that's the official conversation. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you can look it up on YouTube. Um, Actually, even with um, Yo-Yo Ma um, from Memoirs of a Geisha, Uh, they've done some TV appearances and things where John's like, I'm going to play the piano and Yo-Yo Ma's going to hang out and play his cello yeah you know yeah
0: well he's an incredible shapeshifter. i've seen him live when not in his traditional classical setting but when he did the uh world orchestra was that with
1: bobby mcferrin no no no
0: no that was the voice distra is when i saw bobby mcferrin no this was bobby mcferrin was the Ooh, Silk Road Ensemble? or so It, it was a, Oh, yes. That yes. would be Yo-Yo Ma with the Silk Road. Yes, yes. absolutely. So mm-hmm. which was incredible, knowing him from such a, a classical <clears throat> standpoint, and then to see him kind of let loose and go into these more folk roots-ish, but of all these different countries' origins, it was pretty cool to see. Yeah. Yeah, pretty so incredible.
2: Beautiful so, stuff.
1: So you talked about movies so so what movies um do you do you really like the soundtrack to
2: oh gosh um well in various genres like i'm i'm a huge fan of um like i already mentioned star wars and i love a lot of john williams stuff um trying to think
0: (laughs) do you know what tom tom had to point this out to me about john williams yeah I was like, I, you know, I like one, two, because I'm a big fan of watching the same movies over and over again and just yeah. falling asleep to them. So I love one, two, and three, mm-hmm. right? Which were the ones that he did. And then and I was like, you know, they just don't sound the same. I don't like the ones that come after. The soundtrack changes. I just don't like the sound of it. He was like, yeah, all the other ones have a lot of drums. They're really drum heavy, and percussion heavy. And John Williams, for the most part, with the exception of stuff that's more, um, I'd say, in Star Wars, um, not a lot of percussion. And I was like, oh, that is spot on. He uses mm-hmm. his brass oh he's yeah he loves his brass in place of his percussion where a lot of other uh soundtrack composers when they go for their hits they actually have their percussion kick in and create these really heavy hits. And oh, he's absolutely. not he's very light with his inclusion of percussion. And it's pretty I I think I've just gravitated toward it without realizing it. And Tom, of course, being the drummer that he is, realized it and was heartbroken inside. No. Oh. I'm like, I'm sorry. Can we put in one, two, or three, though?
2: Yeah. <laughs> but it's also a sense of urgency, though, when a lot of um, composers use heavy uh, percussion. Yeah. I mean, yeah. just look at things like um, Game of Thrones, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Game of Thrones is super, I mean, lots of wars and battles and. Yeah, yeah.
0: And that's my beatboxing
2: for you. You're welcome. Right. But um, yeah, just in general, uh, you get that sense of urgency and that sense of impending doom, I guess. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> yep. You have
1: something for us about John Williams, too, don't you? About Star Wars
2: oh and, yes yes we uh this was something that um so we discussed yesterday Bri
1: is is not one to so one of the things you do really well is that when you're excited you're we're about to pop like a balloon so i saw <laughs> i worked the the front desk at double bar on mondays and brie was so excited she's like i like and we've had this conversation multiple times because it's something you you know, you've you've studied you've listened to and you, you really love about music but yeah, you were like ready to pop like a balloon talking about this on Monday, and yeah. then I saw you yesterday, and you were like, yeah. And then, and you're like, and Let yeah, me at it. yeah. So, and yeah. I didn't. I wanted to make sure that you to give you enough time to be able to explore this subject. Mm-hmm. So the proverbial floor table po- podcast is yours.
2: Okay, so um, a couple of my like favorite, uh, soundtrack composers, you know, scores. Yeah. One is John Williams. I mean. Say what you will about like, oh, when you hear John Williams, you know it's John Williams. Well, I guess that's a good thing in a lot of ways. Um, Because every movie I've listened or, you know, any movie that he's done that I've listened to the entire soundtrack, it always suits the mood in its own way and always draws on whatever culture, like Schindler's List. You get a lot of that like kind of... um, jewish eastern european kind of feel in the music um, and the influence of their culture in the music and it's great Mm -hmm. Um, memoirs of a geisha you get the japanese culture and music influence within a classical style um, and he's great at blending the two Um, the other one is yoko kano and i'm going to touch on her too because she's also a chameleon um in in the world of japanese like film and anime scoring okay, okay? Yeah, but we'll say, get to that gonna,
0: you're gonna have to break her down for me because yes the name but I don't wait okay but that's
2: okay i will get to that in a second but so going back to john williams who is a chameleon um apparently i have discovered that star wars before they got john williams to score star wars they were using Gustav Hulse, The Planets, which was written right. approximately 1913, yeah, yeah. as placeholders. There is, you can look it up on YouTube. There are videos where people have put Jupiter, Mars, um, and Venus, the, those few different planets off the top of my head, in certain scenes where you would find, like, the opening, for instance, right. um, the Mars. Uh, Is very similar, and uh, actually, before I reveal Mars, let's see. Sound familiar? Oh, yeah. The strings are playing actually with the wood of their bow. It's called colenio. I've done this piece before. Oh. That's why it's
1: so rhythmic and percussive. Then yes, wow. it's fantastic. That's awesome.
2: It's a personal favorite. This doesn't sound like Star Wars at all. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so you get the idea. And then it's so good. Let's see, do we have?
0: Yeah, obviously no relation.
2: Mm. No, yeah. none whatsoever. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so yeah. things like that. Um, also, if you listen to Venus, you can hear a lot of influence um, on Leia's theme.
1: Well, that's okay. my all-time favorite Star Wars theme right there. Really? Oh, really? It's so beautiful.
2: Okay, well, then maybe you need to listen to um, Venus a little bit because it is very similar. It's, it does start with horns, but it also goes into flutes. It does evolve.
1: Wow, that's a beautiful sound.
2: Gustav Holst was a little slower to develop his themes within. But, I mean, Mars is seven or eight minutes long. So is Venus. Like, so these aren't little, like, it's five not minutes to be a or concept
0: less established
1: yep. in. Yeah, well, I think that's good yeah, because he could take his time because there's no scene that's dependent on a change. He yes.
2: creates the change. Right. exactly, exactly. Yeah. So but the uh, okay, for instance, here's here's a thought. We were talking about drums and brass giving this heavy we're marching to war. right? In a romantic theme, you have a lot of flutes, upper woodwinds, lots of sweeping strings. Yeah. Okay. You get if you're gonna get um, any uh, type of percussion, it's things like Glockenspiel. Yeah. And 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 adding these um, very sparkly light and bright tones symbol to... rules if anything mm-hmm. yeah things that fill gradual space yes exactly exactly so um even um erith's theme in um final fantasy 7 has that same exact vibe which is really Not here we go here we go we've got the introduction of the flute Got some clarinets oboe oh there are the, the strings yeah somebody once said that <laughs> strings, <laughs>
1: strings like this are are like nostalgic for that exact reason yeah, yeah. and i totally that like that hits home because as soon as that comes in you get that sense of nostalgia that yes. sense of oh like it feels like, like a, a 50s side. movie. Yeah. Well, like, I, yeah. I think
0: that's what, right? Because I think that, that style of string, right, that swept into pop music in that era. In like the
1: mm-hmm. yeah, 40s, late 40s, 50s, and then it's kind of faded towards the 60s. Right. Right. When you had the, the crooners, like the end of the big band era, and you had the crooners more of, you yep. know?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now, but it made that sound nostalgic on mm-hmm. like a mass media level like yeah. you're listening
2: to 101 strings or something yeah. it's it's funny
0: because go it's way like back. oh like the, oh i <laughs> want to put on some classic christmas tunes mm-hmm. and it's nostalgic and there there it is are you, you looking mean? for
1: some classic christmas tunes
0: <laughs> 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 Do i have an
1: album for you is, yeah is...
2: and we're oh, back man <laughs> Economy. And we've come back full circle <laughs> okay, to so the manga boys.
1: Bring up that, that other composer that you were talking about, the yeah, Japanese I'm composer. Very All about that.
2: right. Yoko Kano, K-A-N-N-O. Um, she is responsible for popular titles like Cowboy Bebop.
1: <laughs> yes. Okay. You yeah.
2: listen to that soundtrack. I mean, she's had she had artists like The Seatbelts mm-hmm. yeah, join yeah. her and whatever but Yoko Kano loves jazz. Like if she has a couple other soundtracks, like one of my favorites, um, a series called Darker Than Black, that entire soundtrack is jazz, both like in a almost like a 60s easy jazz, you know, you've got Metallophone in there and things of that nature. You've got like Almost like a Latin jazz guitar going on okay. in some pieces. And it gives you this dark, sad vibe about it. Like, or something that's a little more upbeat, lots of um, hi hat and snare and whatever in the percussion. Um, you know, in the sense of like anxiety when there's like a battle scene going yep. on and, you know, all of this is like, it's like espionage and undercover. There, you know, you're describing scenes between undercover um, or underground um, governments. Yep. So there's a lot of like, you know, the populace doesn't know this is going on. Yep. Yep. And so it creates that dark seedy vibe, you right. know? Right, of course. Yeah,
0: the speakeasy, the yeah.
2: prohibition. Mm-hmm. It's not allowed. Stay away from it. Don't touch yeah. it. Yeah and same thing with Cowboy bebop it's a series about space bounty hunters within our solar system and uh... yeah
1: and for those who haven't seen it the, the artwork is is very dark there's like minimal amounts of, of shading and so when it comes in it's like very apparent like um, the lines are like pretty pretty crisp but there's a rough mm. edge to it the whole. It's a very mature setting for it. The characters are very real and rounded. It's like not the not a very binary thing where it's like, oh, I'm good. I either mean, the characters have a lot of depth and rolling and growth. Oh, yeah, and, a
2: lot of gray characters. You know, nobody's really good or really bad, Really, uh, and, you know, overall. Yeah.
1: And the reason mm-hmm. it works so well is because it's so short, too, that it's only 23 episodes, and so mm-hmm. there's like... uh, there's a lot of poignancy it's it's absolutely fantastic with an awesome movie too with an Mm -hmm. incredible movie so
2: absolutely actually um, you were asking me about favorite um, uh, particular soundtracks and Yoko Kanno in particular as much as I love Cowboy Bebop and even I love um, Darker Than Black if you like Cowboy Bebop listen to Darker Than Black you will enjoy that too But for something that's incredibly versatile, but yet if you were to see it in the setting of the series, um, a series that is available on Hulu, I believe, called Terror in Resonance. And it takes place in like modern day Tokyo, and these two teenage kids are like weird savant, like super highly intelligent people, but there's like a whole twist to their story. Um, And essentially they are homeland terrorists. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's dark. Yeah. Okay. But the, the thing is, is through the storytelling, through the characters, you know, characterization and development, and especially in the music, the mood becomes one in which you sympathize yeah. with these kids. Yeah. Which... Yeah, it's it's it's, it's dark and it questions your, yeah. Yeah. you know, it questions your morality a little bit. Yeah. It's very intellectual. Like
1: Breaking Bad almost did that as well, in a way, because yes. yeah, like you yes. you ended up siding with Walter White, knowing how awful he still is.
2: Yeah. yeah. And all of the awful things that he did, but he's still human, mm-hmm. that the idea of bringing humanity to somebody or something you would normally view as, wow, that's horrible. So this particular uh, song, I've been actually trying to learn to play on piano. Um, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, my brother, dear David, maybe you would wanna learn this for the Otaku Orchestra. It's not that oh, hard. You know he's mm. listening to.
1: Oh mm-hmm. yeah, no,
2: because if I can actually kind of play it, then Dave can play it because I'm not a pianist. Um, but the string part is really pretty. Um, here we go. Imagine the imagery that you are seeing while listening to this is one of looking at the wreckage of 9-11. It's dark. Pull it away so you can... There's
0: uh, there's actually a singer-songwriter who I stumbled across named Vienna Tang. And I don't know if you're familiar with her at all. She's kind of... She's never... She's always kind of f- been one of those that floats under under the, the radar. ...popularity radar, but has a decent following. And she plays piano and sings. And she has a very, like, sweet, straightforward voice. Very, mm-hmm. like, classic singer-songwriter. Yep. Um But her piano compo- composing is very very similar to this nice. This like motion um <clears throat> th- that like fast paced motion that also doesn't feel like it's moving fast right like yeah in its, in its emotional yep yeah mm-hmm. it's it, almost it's meditative weight. yes mm-hmm. very Mind- much so
2: yeah yep mindful yeah Spiritual. i know but um in the same time um in the same soundtrack you get um, interesting songs that almost sound like they could have been sung by the Beatles. Hold on. There it is. Oh, okay. This is the same series. Yeah, it's that mid-60s
1: Beatles. Yeah. Yeah, the Sgt. Pepper's Revolver Magical Mystery Tour.
2: Strawberry Fields yeah. Forever. yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. But, like, for instance, that kind of vibe, it, it is so all over the place. There's a song sung by a little girl that sounds like it could have been possibly Bjork. Oh, wow. um, yep. th- there's a lot of, there's orchestrated stuff like what I showed you before. There's pop stuff like what I just showed you. There's a lot of, she works with a lot of electronic music. Oh, speaking of which, another popular um, title that Yoko Kano has composed. Ghost in the Shell oh, and standalone, yeah. standalone complex, yeah. and all of that. All of that songwriting, you can listen to all of these songs that she's written and everything that is within one soundtrack alone. And you're like, wow, this kind of reminds me, like I said, like one was like, oh, this reminds me of Bjork. Oh, this reminds me of the Beatles. Wow, that sounds like this. Um, you know, whether it's, um, electronic or just anything it's well, so I, I weird like that
0: you mentioned Bjork too because um, for for people who maybe are who aren't into the soundtrack thing this or that she's interesting because she's technically I mean her she's a visual artist um, and if you know it at, at
2: all she I is a heavy
0: her. visual artist in her presentation and her performing and her videography mm-hmm. um, but her Music is very soundtrackish, even though oh, yeah. it's it's meant to be an album. It's meant to be music independent of its visual. Mm. Even though, if you want to dive in, go all the way in, you could dive into all her her uh, video developmental stuff as well. Oh, yeah. But she's she very much creates the soundscaping um, of trying to capture or dive into a moment or a feeling or something.
2: Mhm. And in all honesty, uh, she, you know, she leaves the music room to breathe. Her vocals aren't everything in her songwriting. Right. Where a lot of, you know, pop songwriting, it's all about the lyrics and the singer. The melody. And the music takes a back seat and priority where that's where you can say Bjork is truly an artist where... She doesn't make her vocals the priority.
0: Which so this is really interesting because for you as a violinist and mm. a vocalist, you have an appreciation for that space. And and you are not an instrumentalist in the way of um for for some people who play guitar, like I, I play guitar and I sing, and this is what I do. I'm a singer-songwriter. A lot of times the guitar ends up being like a chordal support for their vocalizing right piano too piano too mm-hmm. um, But for you, you have two independent instruments, right like a violin is meant to sort of live and breathe on its own whether it's in a group with other instruments or as a soloist that's a, that's a living breathing instrument that needs its own space as is the voice where you can be in a chorus or you can be a lead vocalist but they need space to kind of hold their own in music Mm -hmm. and so it's interesting that that you bring up a lot of that that space and that 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 you have that it's just cool i feel like that's i don't i would be so curious to know If one of those things came before the other, like I have gravitated towards voice and violin and therefore I appreciate the separation in music or I love this space in music. And this so now I have these two instruments that that require and need that. It's an interesting
2: pairing. Well, honestly, uh, you know, whether it be in, you know, rock or pop music or something like that, um, or in more orchestral or composed music in the sense of a soundtrack. I feel that texture is just as important as any melodic line Mm -hmm. because... Oh, okay. Here I'd like to bring up um, the Memoirs of a Geisha soundtrack. Now listen to the opening texture of this. I feel like this and um, if you've never seen Memoirs of a Geisha, the idea is that the lead character... Her eyes are blue, which is obviously for a Japanese person to be born with blue eyes. That is like rare almost yeah. because of dominant genetics. Yeah. Pretty much non-existent. Yep. So the idea is that her character has always been connected to the spiritual idea of water. Gotcha. Okay. Yo-yo-ma. Okay. Yeah. So, but underneath that, wada, 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 that vacillating, like, mm-hmm. low strings, like, viola, low violin texture there, creating this, like, fluidity underneath. Mm-hmm that to me is what gives me the chills yeah. like i mean i love yo-yo ma's playing don't get me wrong but if you were to listen to that melodic line sorry i keep pounding the table if it's making noise making a point yeah making a point <laughs> at least i'm not slamming it like i do the keyboard yeah. so you're using double
1: bar tables yeah. <laughs> when you need more than one table
2: <laughs> <laughs> anyway um but you know just listening to that melodic line alone it doesn't have the same impact without that that text string underneath yeah. Yes. The layering yeah. Pieces. yes yeah Thank that's, you. Awesome. <laughs> that's awesome that's <laughs> awesome
0: well right. we yeah. have actually reached our bewitching time oh it's no so i know it goes by in a blink so we'll have to bring you back for a soundtracking part, part two part textures two. Yes. yeah
2: right talk Soundtrack. get like even more nerdy like the musical nerd part of it for the musicians no listening. it's actually just
1: all the soundtracks you like but i reverse them and I slowed them down. I played in the hashtag there. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: all right, so we like to finish every episode actually with, uh, we call it the Strumpler Surprise.
1: All right, what is your favorite Disney song?
2: This should be pretty obvious. Go for it. Part of your world from oh, The Little Mermaid. That oh. was my guess. Yeah. Of course. Honestly, close second though is Ursula's Poor Unfortunate Soul. That's a good one. That, that is, is a, good one. a fave, most definitely. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm. There you have it. All right. What about you, Ryan?
1: Uh, it's tie, both from the Jungle Book, with the bare necessities, or um, I want to be like you.
2: Yeah, I love that uh, one. That a, oh, no. Oh, that was,
1: yeah. Why was that? Oh no! Was that your pick? <laughs> yes. Uh,
0: that was Jungle Aww. Book. It's just one.
1: it's so good. It's it so is. good because um, just like animation wise, it just looks different from other Disney movies. It's like sketchier. Just like the lines aren't yeah. smooth. It's very yeah. cool. Very cool.
2: Gonna put it out there though, because both of you were like, Yeah, Jungle Book. And I was like, Even a little bit newer than that, um, Hunchback of Notre Dame. We wanna oh. go dark and well orchestrated with yeah. some really great musical themes. Hunchback.
0: Yeah, yep. Absolutely. As a
2: soundtrack, I would actually put that over Little Mermaid. Yep. Mm hmm. Bam. Uh- well, hell. Thanks, Brie, for joining us.
0: You're welcome. That was fun. (laughs) We will see you all next time. And actually, we won't. You will hear us.
1: Yeah, introducing (laughs) double bar claps.